Welcome to Dropping In, a podcast of storytelling and interviews with your host, Winter Olympian Mercedes Nickel. Thank you so much for dropping in today. We are still on Series 6, which is all about what it was like to be on the road. I was on the road for about 20 years snowboarding, living out of a suitcase, living on the road. It was amazing. I loved it. And I have talked to so many other athletes to see what it was like for them. Did you know in uh, episode 55 that they cut a rowing boat in half to fly to Europe? Super interesting, Zachs, here on Dropping In. Let me introduce episode 56 guests that we will be dropping in with today. But first, let me shed some light on the sport that this athlete played. This team sport was invented in 1887 in Chicago as an indoor game. It was brought to the Olympics in 96, then later dropped from the games in 2012. Then it came back last summer for the Tokyo Games. This tournament features six 15-player teams. It's one of the three sports at the Olympics that consists only of women. This game has seven innings rather than nine. The ball is larger and must be pitched underhand. The field and diamond are smaller than baseball. Now, if you guessed softball, then you're correct. This athlete is from Trail BC, has gone to her third Olympic Games in 2021. Having played at the 2004 Games, placing fifth, and the 2008 Games, just missing the podium and the bronze medal game, the summer 2021 Games, she took home the bronze medal for Canada. Putting down the ball for eight years, she brought three children into this world. Sports run deep, runs deep through her family. Her uncle is a two-time Olympian in decathlon. Her brother played for the for five MLB teams, and her and her husband own and run track athletics. This mother, daughter, sister, business owner, three-time Olympian, bronze medalist, at the Olympics in 2020, spends a lot of time on the road. Let me introduce Lauren Regula. How are you? Good. How are you? That was an intro. Wow. That was a lot. You've done a lot. You've been a busy woman. True. True. All good. <laughs> All good stories. Good stories to tell when I'm older. Amazing. Um, so on dropping in, I start with 10 rapid fire questions that are never rapid. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay. Number one, what is the one thing you traveled with that was a must have for your sport? For my sport? Yeah. Uh, well, my glove. So my glove your... went in, yeah, my glove went in my carry-on. My glove went with me everywhere. Amazing. And was it did you only have one or did you have a backup? I only had one. I actually carried a backup for training. Then when I went to the games, I was trying to lighten the load and I went with my one. Wild. So snowboarding, I like usually carry like at least two snowboards. So that's super interesting. Okay. Number two, who might be the most high profile contact in your phone right now? Great question. <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. Um, most high profile I mean, I guess I'll go with my brother. Played 10, 10 seasons in Major League Baseball, three-time All-Star. Um I'll go with him. Nice. That's a good answer. <laughs> uh, number three, what is the top song or playlist that you've been listening to lately? 
Great question. So um, you're going to maybe laugh and maybe your listeners will laugh. Um, one of my favorite songs in the playlist, I'll just say the song though, it's actually called Pug and it's, it's not a normal real song, but my kids yeah. are obsessed with pugs and they found it. And when I was really missing home and I was really needed to kind of ground myself because I had to travel away from my family, I would put it on and I still put it on. And it just like, as soon as I put it on, it puts a smile on my face. Oh my gosh. I also love pugs. I grew up with pugs. Do you have pugs? Okay. Spoiler alert. Our very first ever dog that is a pug comes in two months. Oh my gosh. Do yep. the kids know? They do. We actually went and visited and, <laughs> and yes. So we've never owned a dog. And for whatever reason, my children decided to have an obsession with pugs. It's probably going on four years now and we have been beaten down. You're yeah. not going to regret it. They have so much personality. They're so cute. One thing you have to do is clean in their nose though. All the research, but um, we actually had said when I was going to the Olympics, you know, their dad, my husband was like, you know, if, if mom wins a medal, we'll get it. We'll get a pet. And all of a sudden that day came and we're like, holy crap, we have to talk about this now. They have the most personality. Are you getting a, like a champagne colored one? Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to have you back on just to see the dog. <laughs> so awesome. Pug is your top song. Cool. Number four, if you could go back to the Olympics, would you choose summer or winter? You've done three summer. <laughs> So, you know what? I was going to say, I think I'm going to try. I, I would love to do something different. We'll go winter. Yes. Do you, do you have a sport that you might try that would be winter? I mean, no. I do have a friend of mine that's a, that was a pitcher for softball that got into skeleton. I don't think I could do it because it scares me to watch it. But she said it pitching translates really well. So I'm going to trust her on that. Really? Yep. That seems really random. Yep. Yeah, she was talking about pitching because you have the ball, all eyes are on you, the intensity, the focus. Um, so she was saying that it's actually very – she was able to translate her skill set very well. So, so wild. I, and, and she's a sprinter as well, I would assume? I think she was in college, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so cool. very interesting. I don't know if I could do it, but right now that would probably be my best bet. The funniest thing, I talked to a lot of like losers, bobsledders, and skeleton, and they're – they say skeleton is like the the easier one, which seems crazy because you're going head first. Yeah, just watching well, it. Oh my gosh! Wild, yep. wild, wild. Okay, number five. If you were invisible, what's the first thing that you would do? Oh my gosh, these are great questions. <laughs> Honestly, you're catching me on on a night since I have three kids. I would probably see what my kids do at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes <laughs> total sense. <laughs> Nice. Uh, number six, big city or small town? Can't say both. I'll say small town. And where are you right now? Uh, Akron, Ohio. Yeah. Ohio. We moved from Chicago. We moved from okay. the big city. Having a family has made me really appreciate small town. Yeah. I'm a small town girl too in Whistler. Uh, number seven, biggest risk that you've taken? Honestly, saying yes to getting back into the athlete pool after – 12 years, um, yeah. six of which were in a pretty big downside of depression and after my kids. And when I got the opportunity to get back in the athlete pool after only playing maybe two to three months in the last 12 years, I said yes. 
So that was my biggest risk. Amazing. And are you still playing? Nope. I'm officially done. Officially retired. Because we don't know what's going to happen at the next Olympics, right? Well, softball's out already. It's out already. Oh, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, big ups to Tokyo for bringing it back. <laughs> totally. Totally. Okay. Um, okay. So three Olympics, you just finished the one of probably the craziest Olympics that has ever happened due to the global pandemic. Looking back, would you say that your view on all of your Olympics, do you think your view on the Olympics has changed now that you have retired? No, I don't think so at all. I also think I'm fortunate because I've actually retired and unretired three times. So I've had a little bit of the Brett Favre, like, you know, I, I know what it looks like on the other side, but yeah. I don't, I don't think so. I think my view of the Olympics consistently has changed based on the further I move away from it, but it hasn't changed any, any differently than it had the other times. Yeah, that's crazy to have like, because going to four Olympics and then stopping and reflecting back, I was like, what a whirlwind. Like, that's so crazy. So to have gone and then retired and gone and then retired, that's something else to think about. Yeah, I. It, it's interesting to me. I did two. I did 04 and 08 back to back. So I understand yeah, yeah. what that was like. Mm-hmm. I I can't even wrap my head around what four quad cycles to Just then so much be- life. Right? No, totally. And then to be all of a sudden, you're like, whoa, every single thing I've done was for those, you know, those, (laughs) that moment every four years. Yeah. So it's something else. Yeah. I I appreciate, though, your perspective on like having that gap. And then you had your kids and you had a light like that. And then going back, many congrats on that. Um, okay. Number nine, what would you say the best way to travel is? The best, my, my answers are probably going to be so maybe different. Um, the best way to travel for me is with my family, but, uh, and honestly, Tokyo was so hard because when I agreed to go back into the athlete pool, the pandemic hadn't started. So I had this idea that I would be able to see my family and bring my family and, and have those moments where they could come with us. And, um, and so to all of a sudden then be told, Hey, you get one, maybe two visits in six months with your family. Like it puts, it put a lot of perspective, um, it put a lot of perspective. So as much as I love traveling, um, and I find it very therapeutic and very, um, relaxing. Um, I really understood what it was like on the other side. For sure. That's, I like that answer, traveling with family. I also love traveling with family. My parents are awesome. <laughs> I hope my kids say that. <laughs> oh, they will. When they're, when they're a little bit older, I think the teenage years not so great, but <laughs> number 10, what would be the top three places that you have traveled either with sport or without? Uh, number one, South Africa for sure, and yeah. we're planning on my husband and fam- we're planning on bringing the family back one day. It's just it's absolutely incredible. Where did you go um, in South Africa? Just South Africa, or a couple other provinces? No, we were in South Africa. We did we did the whole Cape Town, so we did the city. Then we did um, Hansby, which was a shark diving, and then we did wine country in Franschhoek, and then we went off to um, a safari. So it was, it literally, we hit all the pieces. We saw so much of the history of 
um, Cape Town. And, and it was just, it was so educational. And I think that's why we loved it. It wasn't just go sit on a beach. It was yeah. so educational and, you know, adventurous at yeah. the same time being in this just majestic place. So, so beautiful. That's for sure. Number one. Wait, but can we just talk about shark diving for a second? Yes. <laughs> Were you in a cage or like yes. free flying? Do you have a second to tell the story? Go ahead. Okay. So <laughs> I'm a little nervous. So this, this is a true story. We go, it was my husband and I's, um, uh, excuse me, our honeymoon. We go and the shark diving, all of the companies have been canceled because of weather. And okay. they had been canceled for the last week. So they're like, we're going to go. However, the weather's kicking up and they started saying that we, they've already put a bunch of the chum out. They have to bring a boat to go get it. So we're sitting in this room and every single person in this room, except for us, yeah. a couple from England and a man from Germany all got up and left. Oh. And I said, I said to Dave, my husband, I go, I'm not going on this boat. And he just looks at me, he goes, Lauren, they wouldn't go out if they didn't think it was safe. They're going to go out. We're, this is going to be amazing. We're going to have so much cage time because there was like 20 people in the room. All of a sudden, now there's five. Oh, my gosh. So we... This so we get on the boat and we get on that water and there is like twenty foot uh, um, swells. I'm talking, I mean, I'm sure to people who actually surf, maybe that's not high. I was not prepared for what it was like out there. The the two people from England spent the entire time puking over the front of the boat, so it that was might just, be. <laughs> so it was just me, my husband, and a, a man from Germany. Okay. So we get there and they're like, okay, well, we're here. They picked up all the stuff, but they're like, we're here. Does anyone want to get in the cage? And my husband and this guy from Germany are like, let's go. And I, I felt sick. I didn't know even what to think of it. So I'm thinking, well, I'm here. I may as well um, get in the cage. So I get in the cage and sure enough, they get these great whites. They put the chum in, coming right at the cage. I see whether or not it was more than one great white or the same one over and over. So I saw him and it was incredible. And you have, you know, your hands on the bars. There's no scuba or anything. You just have your hands on the bars and what they tell you, okay, go down, go down, look to your right. So you pull yourself down, you look around. And then when they move, you, you get back up. The entire time I'm down there, I'm thinking a swell is going to hit this boat and it is going to capsize and you're locked in the cage. Like they lock it. So right. it can't open accidentally. Yeah. And I'm thinking I'm going to drown here because I, I'm going to this, we're going to capsize and I'm going to be stuck in this cage and I can't get out. So I see what I consider enough of the sharks. Yeah. 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 Think, you know, your thumbs up means get out. The okay means like I'm good, but I'm like, yeah. thumbs up, get me out. I need to get off and out of here. Right. <laughs> so I get out and I'm just sitting on the side, pretty much just like steering like an eagle eye, like looking at all of the waves. And finally they're like, okay, we need, we need to get in now. So long story short, we, get out. Obviously I'm here. Everything's fine. However, that was in okay. November in, in January national news in the exact same place we were boat got hit by waves capsized. And there were unfortunately fatalities on the boat. And I sent it to my husband and I said, I knew I wasn't being crazy. I knew I wasn't being crazy. It is absolutely possible that that could have actually happened. And so um, long story short, it was incredible and one of the most hard. I wish I had a heart rate monitor on. It would have been worse. It would have been higher than probably any training I had done ever. Right. Yeah, for sure. 
Oh, like props to you for getting in there. I mean, I get the like you're out there, you got to do it, but holy moly. Yes. So anyways, long story. We no, I loved it. That was that was a really great story. <laughs> and that was before you had kids. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. And then Australia would be another we went to the um the reef which was incredible, one of those things you want to see with your own eyes. Yeah. Um and then I would say my next place um after Athens, we had the ability to you know, they said when do you want to come home? Yeah. After the games. And so we just picked our ticket for 5 weeks after and a bunch of teammates and I just backpacked all through Europe and it was awesome. Yes. Yeah. So sweet. Five weeks. That's a long time too. Totally. How many of you were on that trip? Four to five. We lost one. Like one went home after. Okay. But yeah, I was in that I was in that great spot as an athlete where I was done college and I had nothing to go back. I yeah. I only had softball to go back to. And because the games were over, we were taking a break. Yeah. So some of my teammates had to go back to school. Some actually had jobs that they had to get back for. And you're like, so, I'm free flying in Europe. Yep. <laughs> I'll do that. Yes. Okay. So that was the rapid fire with some amazing stories. Now I want to get into what it was like to travel on the road with those girls. Like for me, we traveled girls and guys and we would all like, sometimes we would all be in the same house. Um, a lot of the times we would be um, in hotels. So I would always have to share a room. One of my teammates were always like, yeah, it was weird sleep, not sleeping with you last night. <laughs> Cause you just become like, this close family, but you're competing against them, but you were in a team environment. So give us an inside scoop of what it was like to be on the road with all those girls. Yeah. So I have a bunch of different, we went so many different places. So I have a, mm -hmm. a bunch of different stories. So I'll say at the start, um, we started off in Halifax and we actually stayed at a military, basically a military dorm, which was something, yeah, we had never done. So that okay. was super interesting. Um, again, you know, you do everything you can to get to where you need to, to make sure you're good for the Olympics. And our head yeah. coach, he lived in, in Halifax. It made a lot of sense. We had access being in Canada and being in, you know, snow, there's only so many places you can be. So we had access to an awesome dome and indoor facilities and our training, our um, strength coach was from there as well. So we got to go to his gym it put in all the off-season work. So it was awesome, but it was also one of the most unique situations. We each had our own dorm, okay. um, but there was like really one main bathroom, right? It was like, who's in the shower? And there was, you know, there was another bathroom down the side, but it was just very much, you have 15 to 20 women who are just trying to plan their schedules around where we know we're all going to be at practice. And therefore yeah. there's, you know, the one shower open, and it's like, who's in line <laughs> and how can you mark that it's my turn? Yeah, um, yeah. So that was interesting, but we each had our own dorm, which is cool. And then we went from there. We actually trained in Florida for a while. Okay. And I will say this, you know, I, I've played, I, I was on team Canada for a long time and we would usually share hotel rooms, but in yeah. this case, I, I called home and I was like, mom, dad, I actually feel like I'm a professional athlete. Cause we had Airbnbs that oh. were in Florida that were absolutely incredible. We all had our own pools and hot tubs and um, we- Wanky, are you sure you were on Team Canada? <laughs> <laughs> it had never, I had never had that feeling of, oh my gosh, this is what it's like. They were gorgeous. Yes. Um, and there was three to four in a house 
And okay. sometimes people had to share a room, depending if it's a three bedroom and there was four people. So you either drew straws or friends who were really close, um, yeah. you know, chose to sleep in the same room. Mm -hmm. So that was some of our experience, which I'm super excited to share because it was awesome. I, I was like, this is truly live. And I would call my, <laughs> call my husband and my kids who were back in Ohio in March and there's just snow everywhere. And I'd just be at the pool like, oh, life's tough right now. Um, <laughs> So we did that. And then the same thing um, that you probably experienced, hotel rooms. We would just mm -hmm. stay, you know, usually two to a room if yeah. we were traveling to play games or play tournaments or whatever that looked like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we actually did dorms at Southern Illinois University. We were actually in dorms as well. So we stayed at colleges. We've stayed at a lot of colleges actually through my through my years. Cool. Yeah. And so um, random question living in hotel rooms, um, would you have like a buffet that was provided or would you be like using the one little tiny microwave? <laughs> we usually just got per diem. And oh, okay. Yeah, you could wake up and then go get your per diem. So a lot of our team would make a Starbucks run or go get yeah. breakfast. Okay. Um, and then we were always – we always were provided a post-game meal – and okay. then you would have either per diem to go get, you know, meal on your own or, um, yeah, you would use the, the hotel, you would use the hotel, um, yeah. microwave. It's usually the microwave. I know one of my, one of my teammates, <laughs> I thought it was so weird. She would do like eggs in the microwave. I was like, no, I cannot. I cannot. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, this year was different than most because it, because of COVID we were, very particular. We did not like if we went to Starbucks, it was mask through the drive-through, right? Like we weren't allowed to go in anywhere or do anything yeah. for most of the time. And so it was groceries being delivered to a hotel, right? Because we we yeah. were doing everything that we could not to be out with everybody. So it was a little bit different this year than it normally would be. And I do think that may have also contributed to more meals being provided for us because it was just our team and our bubble. They would bring it to a room, call right. us and say, oh, lunch is here. So now now that I'm recalling that, that was a big driving factor too. Right. And the, would that be like pre-made food? Because it's so hard being in a hotel room and trying to like make food with like, you have nothing. You don't have plates. You don't have like cutlery. It's People think it's super glamorous and you're like, it's actually kind of difficult. It's super difficult. The thing I learned to do was get um, vanilla yogurt and granola. Yeah. Because I wasn't, it's really hard to cook, but I at least felt like I can get some protein. I can get some sustenance. Mm -hmm. Like I'll be good if I could at least have that. And bananas. I would cut up bananas and it was just in the fridge and I didn't have to worry about anything. But you're right. I We totally went and bought like the, again, through Instant Cart or through um, Amazon. We Amazon a lot as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, we just bought a lot of, really inexpensive forks and knives knowing that you're not going to keep them yeah. but if it gets lost in you know trans um trans in transit yeah <laughs> it's okay isn't and that it's, hilarious yeah I and it's not glamorous at all like it is very difficult to eat to eat yeah. really well yeah. yeah i think i think the funniest thing is people are like wow you got to travel the world you saw everything and and i'm like well, I saw a lot of hotels i saw you saw a lot of diamonds and like <laughs> It's kind of like a business transaction. 
<laughs> oh, I know. It told absolutely. That's why I got, I was so thankful for after the games when you had the freedom. And that's where, you know, even my Australia trip, we actually had trained in Australia okay. for uh, uh, both an 04 and an 08. We made trips over to Australia. Obviously, 2021, we would have, we tried, but with COVID, it wasn't possible. But it's just great because the weather's great. We have a re- great relationship with them. We can get out, do what we need to do to prepare when it's snowing in, um, you know, mm-hmm. in Canada. Um, but even there, we trained, I think, for six weeks in Australia, but we were having, we were going back to Canada and everyone got a couple weeks off. So with our couple weeks off, I just elongated my stay so I could actually go out and do all the things that, you know, you want to see when you're in Australia. Exactly. And that's the way to do it. If there are athletes listening, want to know how to do it. If you can always try and like stay maybe a couple days, maybe in your case, a couple weeks to like actually see what the place you're in is all about. Totally. Such a good tip. Um, any other wild stories? Like, did all the girls get along? I will totally honest. And I can't say this with all my teams. You know, I definitely had our 08 team was pretty splintered is a probably a good way to put it. Okay. We didn't necessarily jive as a team. And I can say this team was incredible. And I think as someone who's been away from the game and able to step back in 08, not only did we, you know, we lost. And so I left the game in heartache because that was going to be it for me. That was done. Right. Um, so not only did we were, we were in a metal game and we lost. So that was heartache, but it also was a very difficult team that it wasn't a, a good experience from, from many people, right. There's just a lot of different strong personalities and we never found that that magic ingredient to step on the field and really gel together. And so I remember when this opportunity came up to play again, I just, I was thinking I have an opportunity to do this all over again. I mean, how, how many times in your life do you get this opportunity to go back and, you know, um, Bruce Springsteen's playing glory days in the background and you can actually, instead of saying, what would you do differently, actually do something differently. Yes. I was able to go back and, and do some things differently and, and be part of a team yeah. that was so for each other. And like you said, you're on a, you know, you're in hotel rooms with people that you're competing against, even though we're on the same team, it's, it's the same in terms of you're competing against a spot, right? Like we have four pitchers, only one person's out there. We have, you know, multiple shortstops and infields. We have multiple outfielders and so infielders and outfielders. So yeah. you're, you're, you're with the people that you are directly competing with. In our case this year, I can say from the bottom of my heart, it was I'm competing to make you better because I want the best person out on that field. And if it's oh my gosh, awesome. And I and here's the thing: I'm not going to say that everything was always rainbows and butterflies. Do we have disagreements? Do we have to figure out how to get 15 minds to work as one and, and agree and, and be okay to move on, even if we're have differencing of opinions. Of course, we had to work through everything a team did, but I can tell you I've never been on a team where I felt like everybody wanted everybody else's success as much as they wanted their own. And it was, it was pretty wild. awesome. And then the stars aligned, bronze medal. It, and that's the thing we say, and it's the best finish Canada's ever had. And and I, I'll say it's almost like we had an extra person on the field. That, that synergy, that mm-hmm. um, underlying, you know, connection, yeah. Um, as cheesy as it may seem, but I really believe that that was something that a lot of teams were missing and we had it and we were able to, to use it. 
I can only imagine like 15 girls on a team. There's got to be some kind of toxicity at some point. <laughs> we had four, like four to six girls on the team. And sometimes it wasn't always great, but you know, you make it work and it is what it is. Oh, so good. Yeah. Any other uh, quick stories that you have from being on the road? Anything like random that would happen? <laughs> random. Well, I don't know. I think I did this year. I had the crazy, we had the craziest travel year. So or travel day, excuse me. Um, we actually timed it because when we realized that we had to talk about on the road, we had to drop our rental cars off in Florida off at midnight. And so when we found out the schedule to get to Tokyo, we were like, holy crap. So we are our, our um, nutritionist and our strength coach and our physio made us a plan. Okay, here's how we want to get on Tokyo time, right? Yeah. So we were literally, our travel day went a little something like this. Stay up, pack, don't fall asleep, drop your rental cars off. It ended up being at 11. Yeah. So we get to the airport. I'm a driver. I'm one of the older, I'm, I was by far the oldest person. Um, <laughs> one of the older ones and by far the oldest. I, as a driver, five of us, I think, we're sitting at the airport after dropping off the vans. Yeah. And we're like, dude. We're, and we're texting people. We're like, where are you? Well, the bus didn't know they had to come pick us up. So the bus was already on its way to Orlando, which is a four hour drive or so. Um, so the bus comes around. Without you on it. Without us on it. So the <laughs> bus comes around, picks us back up. We get to Orla Orlando. Yeah. And nothing's open. The kiosks aren't open. No one's there to check us in. So we're just there. And everyone's like, stay up, can't sleep. Can't, and we're all just so tired, right? Because at this point, it's zombies. Like morning. Yeah. Uh, one of the funniest things too, is our strength coach gave us this, do not sleep here, sleep here. And we look over on the bus and he's just out cold. And we're like, what are you <laughs> gonna do? like you're the one saying we can't sleep right now. Yeah, so yeah. we get to Orlando. Finally, we're allowed to check in at about 5am. I think around there, our flight yeah. leaves around seven, we're still all up. So we go from Orlando to LA. So keep in mind now it's, I, I don't know, midday. We've already been traveling since 11 in the morning. Now we're in LA. We have to wait for a couple hours, get on our flight to Japan. We get on our flight to Japan and we're allowed to sleep there. So we're trying, I'm trying to sleep. The good news was we were able to travel in COVID times, which means the flights weren't full at all. So we yeah. had, a, we had like a row to ourselves, which was yes. incredible. Yes. So we slept there. We show up in, to Tokyo and we've already been up for um, 30 Ever? hours. In 30 a 30 hour travel day, right? Like think of like a 12 hour travel day, then like add 16 hours, all of a sudden you're 20 hours. We've now been traveling for just under 30 hours. Oh um, they show up in Japan. We have all of our stuff. We're going to a host city up in Anjo. It's called Anjo City. Okay. We have another six hour drive. And we they show up and they show us their van or their buses. And yeah. their buses are Japanese buses. They're not like American, Canadian. They're not big. No. And I'm like, I don't know how we're going to fit on here. I don't, I don't see us fitting on here. They, they brought a secondary bus to put all of our equipment, but there still wasn't enough room. So people had to sit side by side, not everybody, but some people had to fold the seat down in the middle and sit there, which they had no back. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. In the middle. Right. Yes. The middle one. So there's no back. So you can't like, you can't get comfortable. And we've no. already been up for 30 hours or traveling for 30 hours. So I'm sitting next to my teammate, um, Jen Salling, and we were sharing and the, they were so small. My knees were like hitting in front of me and yeah. I sat there rocking back and forth 
I'm like, I thought I was going to go into an asylum asylum right there. I, was like, I don't know if I can do it because I was so claustrophobic. You couldn't even walk up and down the aisle and on the bus. No, no. There's bags everywhere and people everywhere. A six hour drive. For six hours. And every, I want to say, I can't remember the exact time. Was it every hour and a half or two hours? It's mandatory for the bus drivers to stop. So we would just stop for 20 minutes. So they would have their break and I would be like, rocking, hitting my head, like, you know, on the seat, was hitting it, kind of tapping in on the seat in front of me going, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I felt like I started to help hyperventilate because I just, I couldn't stretch out and it had been 30 hours. So we, we stopped the time and it was a 36 hour travel day. We finally got there super late at night. Um, but it was just, it was probably the most arduous travel day I can say I've ever had. I know. And then coming back, the time change from Tokyo always crushed me crushed like for like a solid week i'd be like ooh, ooh. <laughs> oh mine was longer i think see there we're lucky because when you get there they're like here's your schedule and you have to be up and you have to be yeah. we were on fields and i remember thinking oh i'm really tired and i'm trying yeah. to quit. but you just have to get into it right like you're totally. you go to tokyo and you just gotta get into it get on a field and i would rather have that short-term pain but know that i'll be adjusted quicker Coming totally. home was was slightly more difficult. Totally. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh, so fun on the road with you. Where can people find you online? Ah, oh, you can find me on Instagram, Lauren Regula. You can find me um, on Facebook. Same thing. I Lauren Bay Regula. Bay is my maiden name. Um, and you can. I also have a Facebook group for moms. It's called Strong Mom. You can find me there too. Awesome. And then your business, do you want to plug your business real quick? I mean, sure. So I have track athletics, which is an in-person facility that my husband and I own. Mm -hmm. And then I have strong mom, which is an online business. We actually help moms in Canada. We actually have our furthest one was in Switzerland, Hawaii, Canada, we had, and all over the, the States. Um, but we just help moms, you know, at the end of the day, I had depression, but I was able to get myself in a place where I could say yes to the things that I wanted to do and the things that filled my cup. And I want to help moms not necessarily get out of depression. That's not my tool set, but go from feeling okay to feeling amazing. So um, Strong Mom is my is my online business. Head over to Strong Mom. Lori, thank you so much for dropping in today. I Your stories are amazing, and I know the listeners love them all. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for having me so much for dropping in today you can find everything you want to know about dropping in with mercedes at droppinginwithmercedes.com don't forget to subscribe on apple spotify and youtube thanks dj kenosis for the music and my mom for the intro voice hi i'm emily roger and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. Come on a journey like no other. 
where you will discover many robes that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.